Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And currently, we're doing a series on Canadian dad bloggers. And I'm actually one of them. Um, my blog is called daddyblogger.com. And uh, I've been writing on that blog for about five years. And on this series, we've interviewed almost 10 different dad bloggers from across Canada, uh, everyone from the West Coast, like in Vancouver, British Columbia, to Alberta, to Ontario, and even all the way down in the Atlantic area. Uh, and on today's episode, we have a blogger who turned into a dad blogger, and now he writes about lifestyle, um, parenting, fatherhood. He does a lot of gadget and gear review. He does some travel blogging, and he even does uh, restaurant reviews and much more. So we're going to be finding about um, our guest today. His name is Michael Kwan, and he's actually a full-time freelance writer, uh, writing for some uh, big publications around the world, including johnchow.com. And if you haven't heard our previous episode, make sure you click below, below because I'll have the link to uh, the, my interview on the same podcast with John Chow. And uh, Michael and John have known each other for several years, and he's been writing on John's site for a long time. Uh, so, Michael, um, great to have you on the show. Why don't you quickly introduce yourself for the people who are listening and watching today? Uh, my name is Michael Juan. I've been a freelance writer for 11 years, 12 years now, and it's, it's been a full-time gig. I don't have any, I don't have like a day job or anything. It is my day job. Uh, the, the blogging side of things for, for my personal blog, uh, Beyond the Rhetoric, it's a reflection of how my life has evolved over time. So. Um, when I first started, it was about like video games and movies and things like that. But uh, as, it, as it's progressed, I talk more about my career and more recently about my role as a father. Awesome. So I want to take it back to the beginning. So you said you've been uh, tr uh, writing freelance for about 10 to 12 years now. Tell us a little bit about the origin. Uh, was writing always the passion of yours? Did you study in university? How did you actually get into writing and how did you... Um, transition it to make it into a career, Michael? Uh, the, the way that I like to describe it to most people when they ask me that question is uh, I got into freelance writing accidentally on purpose, so to speak. So like I've always had an interest in writing. So I've been writing on the internet since 1999. But during that time for the first, uh, I guess, seven, eight, seven years, it was a hobby. It was for fun. So it started out on GeoCities. I had like, an email newsletter. And it was mostly just distribution among like my friends. It was for fun. And it wasn't until I started my freelance writing career that I thought that maybe I could make money from this, like it could be a career. Because it wasn't even a viable option at the time when I first started writing. I didn't think that it was possible to uh, run my own business, for example. Right. So when I was going through university, I, I ended up majoring in psychology and minoring in English literature. But I had considered. Uh, continuing my studies and going a more traditional route with journalism, uh, writing for traditional newspapers and magazines and things like that. Uh, but somewhere along the line, after I graduated from university, it was, it was tough getting work in that field, especially without branching out and going and work for small newspapers in small towns. And that wasn't really something that I was very interested in. So it was right around this time that I learned about more of the opportunities of being able to make money online, being able to start and run your own business online. So my first gig, funny enough, I found it on Craigslist. So I just went on Craigslist. They have like a list of all the jobs and there are like regular jobs that are admin, whatever, but there's a category for writing and editing jobs. And that's when I uh, came across like the first tech blog that I wrote for, which is called a uh, mobile magazine. And I wrote for them, 
for oh, a long time, seven or eight years. So I was with them for a very long time. But it was through them and building my portfolio there, uh, meeting with our mutual friend John Chow, networking that way, that it just kind of snowballed from there. And it, it started out as what would have been like part-time income. And through referrals and you know pounding the pavement, it's been able to build into what it is today. Very uh, amazing uh, backstory. So I'm curious to know uh, how you um, actually search out your writing gigs. You mentioned Craigslist was the starting yeah. point. But over the last decade, um, has it been word of mouth? Has it been you pursuing them? Has it been them finding you? Or a little bit of uh, all of the above. So walk us through some of the other ways you're able to find freelance writing gigs. 95% uh, of the work is through referrals and word of mouth. So it, it really did start out a lot with networking. So being able to build my portfolio. And when I first started with Mobile Magazine, I, I started looking into other freelance writing groups and things like that. Like at the time, there was a site called writingup.com. I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but like at, at the time, that's how I met some of the other freelance writers who were in the bit business at the time. And they connected me with some of the sites that they were working with. And I became friends with them. And that's how I started with uh, Love to Know. That's how I got started with Smart Life Blog. Um, networking with John Chow connected me with our mutual friend like Stephen Fong so that I could start writing for Future Looks and Megatech News. And through even the online relationships that I was able to build within that sphere by working with John, I met people like uh, a lot of people I haven't met in real life. I only met them <laughs> online, but like people like Tyler Cruz and Zach Johnson. And I've even spoken to Shoe Money at one point. It never really worked out for us to work together, but we have talked about projects that were potential. So uh, like 95, 99% of it is through referrals and word of mouth. And by having, by taking the time to build that portfolio over that time, now people are just, they're finding me by my bylines and the, right, the work that's already out there. Yeah, you definitely have flooded the internet with, um, you know, some of the major internet markers from around the world and some of the uh, different companies that you write for. So I'm curious to know, um, what makes good writing? I mean, you have always obviously been writing for a long time, over a decade of uh, professional, full-time paid uh, writing. So I'm curious to know what you feel uh, from your own experience and expertise, what makes good writing in terms of um, the titles, in terms of the body, in terms of um, uh, storytelling. So walk us through what do you feel makes good writing, Michael? I think first and foremost, it has to be engaging, has to be a good story. There should be a reason why someone wants to read this. Um, so it, you, you need to have a, a relatively good structure in place. So like that comes back to like my academic background, writing essays and such. But having the introduction, your, your main points, having conclusions, so it has a natural structure to it. But you should have enough interesting stuff in there to keep someone engaged all the way through. And that is something that is increasingly challenging in today's age of us having really short attention stands to be able to read through lot longer articles. So the, you need to be able to provide value to the reader throughout. What some people will say is, and I agree to a certain extent, is that good writing is not completely contingent on good spelling, good grammar, good sentence structure, and things like that. There, there are people that are great storytellers who happen to be very bad at grammar and spelling and, sets and sentence structure. But for my part, uh, for me to really say that it is good writing, the the grammar and the spelling and the typos, you should you need to be careful about that kind of stuff. And the way that I 
described this before. Uh, I use the analogy of a, of a chipped coffee cup. So if you go to a restaurant and everything seems fine, but the, the mug that they deliver the coffee in has this nasty chip on it, the chip on the coffee mug doesn't really matter that much, but it's what that represents because it shows that the restaurant owners, they're not paying attention to detail. They don't really care if their mugs aren't quite in good shape because it makes you start to question what else are they not paying attention to? What else are they not paying attention to in the kitchen with their ingredients, with their recipes? So it's, it's a symptom of what could be not so good behind the scenes. And writing is much the same way. If you have poor grammar and poor sentence structure and poor spelling and typos and all that, it's hard for me to look past that and take it seriously, even if the, the content behind that is very good. So you kind of, you need both for it to be uh, really good. Those are some amazing tips, uh, Michael. Um, I'm curious to know if uh, people wanted to get into travel writing um, now. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time, so obviously you don't need to do this as much. But uh, if people are just starting, they might want to become uh, nomadic and uh, you, you leave the country and then become similar to you, a uh, full-time travel uh, or freelance writer. Uh, where should they start and where should they look for jobs in this field? Uh, well, I haven't really done much in terms of uh, like paid for trips for uh, travel writing. It's all been kind of personal travel that I'm covering my own experiences, my own tips, my own uh, time at, at these different places around the world. So it, it's, it's not something that I have actively pursued myself. But for the writers that I know that have done this kind of work, uh, they go about it kind of one of two ways. So the first way is you pay your own way for quite a considerable part in the beginning because you need to be able to establish, your, establish yourself as that expert in the field, establish that you have that value to be able to provide to the reader and to the brands that you want to partner with. But what it means is that there is going to be a big initial investment on your part to be able to build up that kind of career. The other half of it is if you are able to work with brands ahead of time so that you plan your trips around what you were able to arrange. So it's, it's one path isn't necessarily any better than the other, because if you take the latter, you may not necessarily be going specifically exactly where you wanted to go in the first place, but it's kind of, sort of what you wanted to do. Whereas in the first way of you just kind of doing, doing your own thing, it is much more self-guided and you are pursuing the thing that you actually want to do, but there's no guarantee that there's any kind of pot of gold at the end. Right? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and by the way, if you're just listening to this uh, podcast, make sure you watch the video version because Michael is a master of product placement. <laughs> he actually, on the screen, he has his website up there. Actually, on the bookshelf, he has the Make Money Online There's book, John Cal. And then he also has his own book. Um, it's called on the margin so he has pretty much everything and uh, I think even Star Wars is paying him Lucas films he has the, the stormtrooper in there and he has a few different products <laughs> I, I I wish I had that Disney money yeah <laughs> so um, I'd like to hear a little bit more about your own website um, beyond the rhetoric uh, tell us a little bit about the origin story there when did you start your own web website and what are the themes and topics you've been writing about in the past and now obviously as a parent you've uh, Transition a little bit. So walk us through the journey of your blog, Michael. 
so uh, this is pretty much mirroring what I said right right at the top that I, I was writing online since 1999. Uh, a friend of mine, Joseph Planta, he runs the commentary.ca and he's much more political entertainment news kind of, kind of material. Uh, so I was writing for him for a while, but I was inspired by him to kind of start my own email list. And at the time, it was just, I didn't use any service providers or anything. It was just like a BCC to like all my friends and whatever. And it was, it was just for fun. And when I got to university, I took a workshop that taught me Dreamweaver and HTML and stuff like that. So I started dabbling, working with uh, like a free GeoCity site. So I, I, had, I had a site that was talking about professional wrestling for a while because that's what I was interested in at, at, at the time. So like all, all along the way, it's, it's really just writing about what I've been interested in or what my life is about at that time. So Beyond the Rhetoric got its start in 2006, 2005, 2006. And it it's, it's always been reflective of what my life is. So I wrote about sports. I wrote about uh, movies and TV shows, video games, and so on. And that has evolved over time to talk more about uh, work-life balance, uh, freelance writing, uh, small business. Uh, I have my, my grammar series on, on there. Uh, but more recently, in the last three years, fatherhood, <laughs> which I see you're moving your camera towards now. <laughs> uh, fatherhood has become such an integral part of my sense of identity, so much more so than any other role that I've taken on in my life as as a son, as a brother, as a small business owner, as a freelance writer. These are all important parts of my sense of identity, but nothing has changed my life as much as becoming a father, as I'm sure you, you, you'd agree too. It totally changes your perspective on everything. So the the blog now, is, I wouldn't say that it's, it's a daddy blog or a parenting blog per se, but it has become a substantial part of the content that I have on that site now. What I write about, uh, I still continue to write about small business and freelancing and uh, work-life balance and those kind of struggles as well because that's still a very big part of my life too. So the, the blog has always been reflective of what I'm interested in and has never been uh, shoehorned into any one niche in particular for better or for worse. So uh, besides your uh, blog, you've actually, um, you know, uh, also written two books and you're working on your third. I actually find it amazing that you're able to write so much. Uh, you're <laughs> writing for like 10 companies, you have your own blog to maintain, you have uh, two books and you're writing a third, plus you're obviously a husband and a dad. So I, I just want to give you a kudos <laughs> for being able Thank to you. work like that really well. Uh, but um, Tell us a little bit about the books. Um, you know, if you're watching the video version, you'll be able to see those in the bookshelf right behind Michael. Uh, you have the Make Money Online, a uh, famous book that John Chow and you co-authored, and then also Beyond the Margins. Uh, tell us about those books. So Make Money Online, which you can see right there, uh, I, I co-authored with John in 2010. And what he was looking for at the time was someone to help him coalesce all of his lessons about his journey for making money online through his blog, going from $0 to, at the time, thirty dollars or $40,000 a month. He's way more than that now, right? But he, his writing skills have, have never been exceptional, but his ability to make money online has always been exceptional. So it was, it was kind of this, 
we wanted to marry those two different skill sets together. So make money online. The, the lessons, the journey, the history, everything in the book is from John's perspective. And it was his journey about how he got started with his blog and the advice that he has about getting into affiliate marketing and, and all the rest of it. And it was my job to take his notes, his views, and to uh, package it together into something that was engaging and hopefully entertaining. With uh, Beyond the Margins there, uh, that's that's 100% from my, my perspective. So what the, the goal of it was to help guide people through those initial first steps of if they wanted to get into freelancing, uh, smart start their own small business working from home. So obviously it's from the perspective of a freelance writer and editor because that's what I do, but the, the core lessons and the experiences that I had along the way are easily applicable to anybody that wants to get into freelance anything, really. Freelance photography, uh, website development, code de uh, app development, and that sort of thing. A anywhere where you would get into business for yourself and you have to juggle multiple clients, multiple projects, finding those clients. So Beyond the Margins is uh, like your initial roadmap for maybe the first six months to a year, how to, how to find your first clients, how to deal with uh, invoicing, how to deal with business expense, tra tracking your, your business expenses, what isn't, isn't uh, what, what you can and cannot write, write off as a business expense dealing with income taxes. There's all these other things that surround running a freelance business or freelance writing business than the writing itself. And I think a lot of people underestimate how much of like the business side of things occupies your time. So like, for example, if you're like a graphic artist, you may love making logos, for example, and that could be your passion and you want to start your business, but you, a lot of people don't realize how much more happens behind the scenes before you're able to land that client and handle the payment and make sure you deal with the natural ebb and flow of running your own business in terms of uh, income and cash flow. And I actually had a chance to um, read both those books. Uh, Michael and me actually did a book swap. <laughs> he came yeah. over to my place and then we did a trade. I traded him my daddy blogger book for his um, you know, freelance writing book. And uh, I actually got the other book from John Chow, uh, Make Money Online. So I highly recommend both those books. Um, and you're actually working on a third book now. Uh, tell us more about that one that's upcoming. Uh, the third book, which has been way too long time coming, uh, the, my, my initial goal was to document my first year of life as a stay-at-home dad, as a work-at-home work dad, to discuss the different challenges and experiences that we have along the way, working from home as a dad, juggling the responsibility between running my full-time freelance business with full-time fatherhood. So the goal was to have it done in the first year, but my daughter is turning three next month. So uh, I'm a little bit behind schedule, understandably, but it's always been this like back burner project. Uh, so it's, it, I, I finally got enough of a uh, kick in the pants to get it done. So I'm in the process of getting, going through the final edits and the book design, uh, deciding on a final title and all that. But what the book is, is uh, it's a mix between documenting my personal experiences as a stay-at-home dad, as a, as a work-at-home dad, uh, as well as parlaying that into lessons and insights for other people that are 
thinking about getting into that kind of lifestyle from either direction. So there are people that are already dads who are thinking about quitting their day job so that they can work from home. And conversely, there are people that are like me who have been working from home for years, but they're about to become a parent. And so the book is the, the combination of the two. And I think that's a, that's a unique segment of the population that is underrepresented and under discussed because we, a lot of people talk about stay at home moms or a lot of people talking about running the business from home, but not with the parenting slant to it. So the book is supposed to be like a combination of the two. And like, for example, there's a chapter in there about how becoming a father to a daughter has, has taught me to be much more cognizant of gender relations and gender equality and how society perceives girls versus boys. Like for me, like there's nothing wrong with her wearing a pretty pink dress. If that's what she wants to do, that's fine. The issue is when her entire wardrobe is all bathed in Pepto-Bismol and like all the gifts she gets are pink and they're all princessy things. There's nothing wrong with that stuff as long as she has the option. As long as she has the option, if she wants to play with construction toys, that's okay. If she wants to wear jeans and learn how to be a, a coder, that's cool too. So I, like, it's lessons like that that it's not that I wasn't aware of them before, but they're much more front of mind now. And, and that's the kind of lessons that I learn as I become a dad. So, um, you know, obviously uh, it's busy uh, life as a dad, life as a husband, life as a blogger, a writer. And um, tell us a little bit about how you find the balance for yourself, because I can just imagine it is um, <laughs> hard to balance all those things without dropping them. And obviously you don't want to drop, drop the daughter. No, <laughs> uh, no. What do you keep and how do you balance it all without going crazy? Uh, basically, the short answer is I don't. <laughs> so, like, uh, by far the biggest struggle that, that I've had in the last uh, couple of years is this sense of work-life balance and uh, finding the time to work, which is like an inter is a terribly like guilt-ridden kind of objective. Well, like my struggle is when I'm working and like when I'm speaking to you in this interview or I'm working on a blog post or what have you, there's always this nagging thought in the back of my mind. It's like, oh, I should probably be spending time with the family. Like right now, my wife and daughter, they're at the park. Like I'm sure having a great time, <laughs> but here I am do doing this instead. And that's something that I have to like understand that I need to do. And conversely, when I'm, when I have my solo daddying time and I'm watching the daughter, well, 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 well watching my kid, understandably there's no way that I'm actually being productive in terms of working, blogging, freelance writing. And the hardest thing is trying to accept that there has to be that separation. So uh, earlier this year in January, a lot of people make New Year's resolutions. They're gonna lose weight, they're gonna quit smoking, what have you. And what I've always found is that New Year's resolutions, people forget about them after like two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, right? So what, what I decided to do, and I, and I wrote a blog post about this, is I decided on three guiding principles, three guiding words that I was going to try to follow for 2017. And the three words were acceptance, prioritization, and completion. So the first part about acceptance is just being willing to accept that, okay, well, I didn't get that project done today because I spent the whole day with my daughter making her dinner and reading her bedtime stories and all that. 
and making my peace that that's that's what life is and conversely when i'm working making my peace with well i'm not going to be able to follow them to the park or i'm not going to be able to uh, go to the mall with them or what have you having that sense of acceptance of where i am the second part of that is prioritization and this is something that i've i've, I've struggled with because i'm the kind of person i want to do all the things i want to do everything so i wanted to write the book i wanted to start my vlog which i have uh, the 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 weekly vlog. I want to have my full time freelance writing business. I want to pursue all these different opportunities, but necessarily there's only so much time that I'm able to commit to any one of those things. So, forcing myself to prioritize what is most important right now, today, and making sure that I get to that third part, completion. Whatever I do choose to prioritize, I have to complete it. And at the beginning of the year, I chose to prioritize this book, and I have to complete it. So I've made that promise to myself that if some other projects have to slide in order for me to complete that book, that's what I'm going to do. So, yeah, finding finding time is is not easy, and it's I don't think it's going to get any easier. <laughs> I, I love your three words, by the way. That's something I do every year too. I try to have one word for every year. Uh, the fact that you do three is even more amazing. So you have a completion and acceptance and then a prioritization. I love those three. Uh, foundational pillars for your year. Um, yes. So I'm curious to know about your vision going forward. Um, so you have a daughter, you got your three books, you got uh, your blog, and you have all these different freelance projects. Uh, tell us a little bit about um, where do you see yourself in the next few months, years, and beyond, Michael? I, I think over time, uh, opportunities withstanding, I would move more and more towards pursuing my own projects. It's not that I don't enjoy freelance writing, I don't enjoy work working with other companies, but having, having that sense of ownership over my own things. So like, for instance, like the book, like the vlog, like my blog, spending more time focusing on what, what has been otherwise kind of a back burner kind of projects uh, to get away from, to get away from the challenges of trying to juggle too many clients at a time, focusing down who I want to spend my my time with and who where, where I find the greatest uh, ROI, and that's that that's a very difficult challenge because one of the hardest things to say is no. If someone like a, if I get a random email from some referral and they say, "Can you write for my blog? This is how much I can offer. This is what I want to do." It's hard to say, "Oh no, I don't want your money." Or I don't want that project because like it doesn't matter how much or how little you make when someone puts money on the table it's hard to walk away so ma making that more of a priority and deciding where I really want to focus my time because like we were saying life work balance and time management are very difficult and very challenging so being able to make more of those harder decisions to focus my efforts well, you know, uh, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know you actually missed out on the park time and the beautiful uh, warmth of the summer in Vancouver uh, to hang out with me. <laughs> so thanks for that, and uh, thanks for tuning in uh, to this episode. Um, for you, um, if people wanted to connect with you, uh, Michael, uh, you know, to read your blog, follow you on social media, subscribe to you on YouTube, and uh, maybe ask you some questions about freelance writing, grab your book, how can they do that? The, the easiest way to do that is if you go to michaelquan.com, I have links to everything there. It's kind of like an online business card. It, it needs a, a redesign. It's long overdue for a re redesign. But 
all the links are there for my Facebook, Twitter. Uh, please subscribe to my YouTube, youtube.com slash BTR. I do have a new vlog there every Monday. Uh, there's links to my books there. So everything that you could possibly find to try to find me online, you can find it at michaelquan.com. Awesome. You made it easy, easy for us, uh, michaelquan.com. And I'll actually have the link below. So if you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be right in the YouTube description. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, they'll be right in the show notes. So uh, thanks again, Michael. Uh, you know, uh, we're good buddies from back in Vancouver. So I look forward to seeing you uh, when we come back to Vancouver. And thanks for being on your show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for being on. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks for giving us your time today in the midst of your busy summer or if you're watching this in the fall and winter. Thanks for tuning in then, too. Uh, thanks for, um, you know, um, watching all of our episodes. Make sure that you actually um, subscribe to us on YouTube so you can get notified of the upcoming episodes. And if you're, lis if you're a listener on iTunes, make sure you um, leave us a rating and review. That really helps us to uh, move up the iTunes ranking. And lastly, we're actually quite active on Facebook. Uh, so you can join our community. It's called Digital Nomad Mastery Community, where you can get inspired to travel long-term, becoming a nomad, uh, doing things like what Michael's doing, freelance writing, and ask your questions, you know, about how to get into freelance writing, how to get into digital marketing, how to build up your social media network, and how to start your own, your own podcast. Whatever you want to ask, you know, I'm sure there'll be someone in the community there to help you out. So once again, that's Digital Nomad Mastery Community. Uh, make sure you connect with our Canadian dad blogger, um, Michael Kwan at michaelkwan.com. Make sure you connect with me, daddyblogger.com. Make sure you uh, connect with the other uh, dad bloggers who have interviewed on our series so far, too. So thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world.